Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my old deer stand back in the pines. Gonna get me a 10-point buck with 11-inch tines. I'm a backwoods boy. Grew up on a dirt road. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, and we've got Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith and Firearm Service Center, in the studio tonight. If you're just joining us for the broadcast, we're talking about deer hunting tonight, deer cartridges. We're going to get into some advice from Brother Roman about how to sight in your rifles for deer season. Not all rifles perform the same, obviously, so... We'll have plenty of uh, discussion about that, talk about scopes. So with gun deer season right around the corner on the 10th of November here in Kentucky and the next week, 17th in Indiana, uh, it's upon us. So we'll be glad to answer any of your questions. Gary, I guess we'll talk a little bit, too, about the cartridges that are legal in Indiana. They keep changing that a bit, so... I get a lot of questions, and that's something that I defer to you as an expert on that. I'm not as I, up to speed on that as you are. Well, n- nobody can keep up with what they're doing over there. I know. I mean, the, the legislature changed it about every four months. Yep. Um, yep. One thing, but at least they did open it up from where it has been. <clears throat> All right. And numbers 571 8484 1 800 444 Let's go to Danny who patiently held on with us. Danny, welcome aboard. Thank you for calling. Well, thanks a lot for taking my call. Uh, I, I wasn't wanting to talk about deer hunt, but I was getting the opportunity to go on a, a bear hunt in December, and uh, I was trying to put together some ammunition hand loads, uh, and I was hoping for a little bit of advice on it. Uh, All right. Uh, Number one, where, uh, where are you going? North Carolina. Okay. They tell me the bear are pretty big down there. Yes, they are. Uh, in fact, some of the biggest bear that we have in the, the eastern half of the United States are coming out of North Carolina. And you're okay. going to be basically, if I understand it correctly, you're going to be crawling up bear tunnels in particular. <laughs> uh, that, that That's kind of like finding a deer run in a, uh, a big patch of Johnson grass and following it. Only you got a bear on the other end of it rather than deer stuck in there. 
But uh, we we set up a lot of guns for that that style hunt. Uh, are you going with a handgun or a long gun? Well, I'm going to bring a handgun with me if uh, I have a very close, easy opportunity. I will probably take mm-hmm. shot with the 454 Casol. Got to do the job. Okay, with the 300 grain Hornady uh, mm-hmm. bullet in it, but uh, and I've got a 4570, and I've just started working up some. Uh, Handloads with the 325 uh, mm-hmm. FTX bullet. The Hornady people tell me that's the best bullet to, in the Marlin uh, gun. For mm-hmm. what Just watch your uh, watch your overall cartridge length. That's the biggest issue you got with it. It just you're talking about uh, trimming my case down. No, I'm talking time. about when you seat the bullet in the cartridge case. That overall cartridge length from tip of the bullet to the back of it is your critical factor in that rifle. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and then I've got a, 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 a lot of guns that are great for deer hunting, but I, I you know, I don't have anything at all like the three thirty eights or three seventy fives. Uh, got a lot of thirty caliber stuff. Uh, yeah. What's a great uh, bullet to, to use? Uh, well, every caliber varies. I mean, your your forty five seventy is going to do you just a superb job and be real handy in the, that that hunting situation. On the thing, you're not going to be getting long shots at the bear. Okay. Uh, you're probably going to end up using the handgun on him, to tell you the truth. But you, <laughs> okay. you need that rifle as a backup. Now, let's explain some things about a, a black bear. And I don't care whether it's 250 pounds or 550 pounds. A bear's makeup, as far as their body makeup, is completely different from a deer's. Um, you know, we, we do a, a struggle to try to split a chest cavity on a deer on the thing. We get out game saws and we use big knives and everything else to split that rib cage. You can split a bear's rib cage with a pen knife. Uh, their bone structure is made for flexibility and for movement, um, not for, they're not a prey animal. Okay. They're a predator. And their skeletons more that of a predator, and they're not hard to kill. Okay, the issue to them is that the wound seals itself instantly on the thing, which makes it very hard to track them. Um, they have a layer of fat over the top of the muscle structure, and as soon as that bullet goes in and comes out, that fat seals itself, and you have very little blood trail involved. So it's critical that you put a good shot on him in order to be able to recover him. Okay. Uh, but so if I'm using a thirty caliber bullet uh, in an odd six, have I got the power to push a good enough bullet? Oh, yeah. You know, what Definitely. Is a good um, <clears throat> my, my pet bullet for it would be the 180 grain trophy bonded tipped. Now that's a pointy right. that's a pointy bullet with a very high ballistics coefficient, but it is probably one of the most devastating bullets ever made on the thing. Uh, is that a bullet made by Spear? No, sir. It's actually made by a division of Federal. Um, again, the name of the bullet is Trophy Bonded, and Spear is part of the the conglomerate that Federal owns or that Federal's in. Uh, it's the called the group, I guess. The Freedom Group. Freedom Group, okay. Yeah, and well, uh, uh, and I, I can't. <laughs> Jack Carter was the designer of the trophy bonded bullet line. 
Uh, Jack Carter is now deceased, and Federal bought the rights to the bullet structures. Now, the unique structure about the bullet, back when Jack Carter was making them, he made every bullet by hand. And he physically took an open cavity, solid copper slug, (coughs) drilled and reamed the internal structure of the bullet, and would go in there and put a coating of solder in the bullet itself. He would tin the inside of the bullet, same way we'd tin a copper pipe. And then he would pour the lead into that molten jacket and then form the bullet down. So the lead is welded to the jacket. The bullet cannot disrupt or come apart. And you get beautiful expansion on them and 100% penetration. Danny, I want to add one thing here before we go to this next caller. With a bear, one of the most important things to realize is that their uh, vitals lay very far forward in the animal compared to a deer. They're more like a hog. Yes, I was just getting ready to say they're more like a, a wild boar. Their uh, lungs and heart lay just almost directly underneath oh, the shoulder. Yeah, underneath the shoulder area. Yeah, real far forward on it. Yes, sir. And, and okay. if I had to describe the way to line that up, line up your uh, vertical crosshair on the leg, and that, then you'll be in the business area. All right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, and I do need to go with that 180 weight on the. Yes, on sir. The you don't. Board, you don't right? need. You don't. don't need any heavier. Um, you can actually get by with a 165. My preference is the 180, but uh, okay. so long as it's a bonded bullet, everything's going to work right. All right, Great. Danny. Thanks a lot, guys. Yes, sir. All right, we got Lucy's been holding here from Henry County. Lucy, what have you got? Well, my husband, I had to get a new rifle for deer season. I got a new thirty-five Marlin, uh-huh. you know, and uh, I had to put a scope on it because my eyes are getting old. I retired Dad's gun that I hunted with for 36 years because I didn't want to put a scope on it. But with my new gun, I need a cheek rest. You know, I need to be, when I lay down on it to look through the scope, it's too high. So I need, is there anything I can put on the Stop the butt of the gun to kind of rest. Yeah, but but that that's actually not your issue. Um, okay, what's my I, issue? Well, if you will focus your vision on a target and simply okay. bring the gun to your eye rather than trying to okay. take your eye to the gun, you'll find okay. that you'll find that you'll be on. What kind of scope have you got on? Let's a little Nikon. Uh, let's see. What do you put on here? Little Nikon BDC. Okay. The BDC is not going to do you a bit good on that cartridge, on the thing. It's not good. Yeah, well, okay. it just it's it's too confusing the way it operates. Um, okay. What you okay. what you need to do is take some time and drive down to see me and let me give you a lesson with the gun. It won't take fifteen okay. minutes and everything will fall in place for you. Okay. okay. Now, are you are are you open on Mondays? Yes, ma'am. Off on Monday? Yes, ma'am. You are. How late? How late? Till six Monday? o'clock. So 6 o'clock. 10 to okay. 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 2 on Saturday. Okay. Well, I, I've hunted for 36 years with a 35 Remington, but I mm-hmm. didn't put a scope on Dad's old guns because mm-hmm. of those open sights. So he bought me this new outfit, and I've been trying, but I, I just put my head too low, and I can't see. Well, you're, you're trying to look through open sights and the, yeah. with, with the yeah, scope. 
Yeah. With a scope, you don't need to do that. And that's what I'm going to try to do is, is we got some little drills to take you through that will now enable gonna, you to pick up flying birds okay. with that gun. Okay. Now, I have a little 17 with a scope on it, and I just shot two coyotes with it, and I, I was fine with it. I'm fine with my little 17, but this new outfit, I'm just, maybe I'm just trying to look under it. I don't know. Then I'll have to come see you. Okay. okay please do. Uh, Lucy, okay. before you go, what kind of mount do you have on that? That could be part of the problem, too. I don't know. He just bought it and put it on here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first, this is my first scope. I mean, 36 years with open iron sight. Mm-hmm. I had to go to scope. It's, a, it's a changeover. But, but once you go to it, with your open sights for 36 years, you've been covering up half of your animal. Okay? Yeah. The sight covers yeah. up half the whole lower portion b- okay. below your aiming point. That scope, okay. you're going to see it 100% around it. So you're going okay. to see every detail. It's just a matter yeah. of, of doing a little training on, on showing you what you need to be doing. I'll come see okay. you. It's tough to get old. Oh. <laughs> hey, Lucy, you're experienced. You're not old. Oh, I used to hunt with you back in the day with Jack and all of them. Oh, we were Kurt, and I, I worked for Skip, so I know we've all been around the around the way. <laughs> oh yeah, we sure have. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll come see you. All right. All right. Please okay. do. Thank you, Lucy. We got Brian on hold from Elk Creek. Got to do a quick break here, folks. The numbers. Five seven one eighty four eighty four or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. This break is presented by Moss Hill Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. Check him out. He's got all kind of farms, wildlife management properties for sale, and you can view his current inventory at mophartrealty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers to reach us tonight. Five seven one eighty four eighty four one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. We got Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith, in the studio. Let's go to Brian, who's calling from Elk Creek. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm very good. How about you guys? Doing very well, sir. Thank you for asking. Uh, I had a kind of a question for Gary about sighting in high-powered rifles and a comment about turkey habitat. Okay. Let's take your turkey habitat um, first because we're gonna we're gonna get stuck on this rifle business. Okay, good. Uh, I talked to my cousin. He brought up a good point that uh, turkeys really enjoy cow pastures and mm-hmm. hay fields, and that uh, we don't have as much of that as we used to because of all the uh, corn and bean fields. I guess you know farmers clearly make more money on that right now, and. Uh, I think he's, he hit the nail on the head with that observation. Of, what do you guys think about that? Well, I will give you that big, expansive agricultural areas like you're describing with beans and corn are not not the best. However, they do offer food and what have later. However, cow pastures and, and clover fields and things of that nature uh, also offer a tremendous amount of insect uh, mm-hmm. Opportunity for those birds to feed grasshoppers in particular. They, mm-hmm. I tell you what, a turkey brother eat a grasshopper and about anything in the world, I believe. And get in that cow pie when it's dried it up and, and rake it up and eat it. Eat, eat every bug. Yeah, eat the earthworms and stuff. So yeah, uh, if you think about it, they're the only uh, game animal that benefits from that type of habitat, and really nothing can get to them. I mean, they're too big for a. Uh, 
bird of prey to get, and they can see a coyote coming. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, in the cornfield, they're kind of trapped. Yep, yep. Um, One of the biggest issues that we're getting into with turkeys goes back to predators again. Um, a full-grown coon can climb up a tree where a turkey's roosting and go out on the limb and take that turkey out and both turkey and raccoon fall to the ground. Uh, I've seen indications of it time and time again on the farms that I, I own and manage. Uh, and one of your biggest effects that you've got on turkeys all centers around predators. Most people don't yeah. think about that. They think, well, you got a big bird and, you know. Well, they're, yeah. uh, where coons really, really create havoc is nesting uh, on eating eggs. They're Yeah. They're, and they are so plentiful now, and a lot of the fellas that, uh, you know, have out deer feed and what have you, they get those big populations of coons attracted in there, and they really need to do themselves in the turkey flock a service by trapping those coons because they're just too thick in many, many areas. Yeah, I agree that the predators play a role, but I think, I think the biggest problem is probably habitat. If you had ideal habitat, the predators wouldn't be as big of an issue. Well, that's true. That's that's true of almost any game species. If the habitat's there, they they tend to thrive pretty well. But getting the right balance in big blocks of habitat is is a bit of a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, turkeys have got to it's have a... mature trees. I mean, that that's one of the, the main things when turkeys were stocked in Kentucky. You had to have at least 500 acres of mature hardwoods before they would ever consider stocking a flock of turkeys. Uh, but, they, but they did find. Yeah. They did real well, though, in those blocks like he's talking about out in mm-hmm. out in farm country as yeah. long as they, they had. They still have to have the trees. Yes, they have to have a good yeah. one, no doubt. All right, Brian. It's a, du- it's a double-edged sword with the turkeys going down the, the deer on the places I hunt have gone uh, gone up through the but, roof and they, they compete but, uh, for the same thing same food source too right. go ahead I'm sorry let's take care uh, of your gun yeah I thought maybe you could walk us through how to sight in a high powered rifle uh, in particular I have a 270 okay uh, uh, you know, I know there's a trick to it like you sighted at 26 yards and yada 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 uh, well, that's uh, Marlin used to make a little sliding chart where you could pick your rifle and load combination, and it would give uh-huh. you the close range sighting point and the long range impact point. Now, okay. the, the bullet travels in a parabola. A parabola is basically an elongated curve, and it crosses your line of sight at two places on the thing. Now, a lot of this has to do with the height of the scope over the bore. Um, and, the, of course, the trajectory of your target, that's where the bullet weight comes in. And it's gotten to be a lot more sophisticated than what it was 30 years ago on the thing. Mm-hmm. But basically what you're trying to do, and my suggestion to you is to start off at 50 yards. You can start off closer, but if you do it, for instance, a 25-yard sight in with a rifle, particularly uh-huh. 270, you want the bullet to be hitting one inch below the center of your bullseye. Gary, hold Not your thought there. i got to go to break. Brian, can you hang on with us? You bet. Thanks. Okay, because this will be a 
he's got a lot of information that we'll go over here, and it segues perfectly that i got to do the news. So call us at 571-8484-1800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. They've got all their Charger Bass Boats, Starcraft pontoons, Express Aluminums on sale at Dealer Invoice. Never get soaked at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers to reach us tonight. We're talking deer hunting, deer cartridges, deer rifles, all things deer, and fielding other questions as well, which we're happy to do. Numbers are 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Right before break, we were talking to Brian, called from Elk Creek, and Brian had questions about sighting and rifles. Y'all were starting down the road with the 270 there before I had to interrupt for the News break, so go ahead, Gary, expand on that. Are you still with me, Brian? You bet, I'm here. Okay. This is, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to do this off the cuff. It's a lot of, you know, the old teacher in me, it's hard to do this without a pencil and a piece of paper in front of me or a chalkboard. No, I can understand. But basically, <clears throat> the close range sighting point that you were talking about gives you a very long trajectory curve on the thing. Uh, and I, I just made some notes here. If you were to initially shoot your gun in at 27 yards, uh-huh. your gun's going to be three and a half inches high at 100. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I don't find for Kentucky hunting that to be suitable. It puts your end point of impact directly at approximately 260 yards. And, and again, that's just not a good trajectory factor. So come back to... 25 yards and rough your scope in, very simply. And what you have to remember is that your adjustments on that scope at 25 yards are in one-sixteenth of an inch adjustments. Okay. Okay. And what's per click, one-sixteenth of an inch. So to move it an inch, you've got to move it 16 clicks. Now, I have guys come in the shop every day virtually who have not been to school on this and what it amounts to is they'll move it seven or eight clicks and my scope's not working well no you're still cutting the same bullet hole you haven't really moved it out of the same bullet hole as far as that goes right okay so one fourth one fourth of an inch at 100 yards one eighth of an inch at 50 yards one sixteenth of an inch at 25 yards Um, okay try to find you some gridded Targets with grids on them, one-inch grids. It makes you a whole sure. lot easier to operate this. Um, my suggestion for you is to sight your gun in. And, and what weight bullet are you shooting? 130. Okay. Uh, you want it to be no more than an inch and a half high at 100 yards. Okay. Okay, so rough it in at, at 25. Don't spend a lot of time at 25 yards. Move out to 100, get you a good stable rest. And a car hood is the worst place to shoot a rifle because you're going to get nailed by your scope, okay? Get 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 okay. something where you have a table and an adequate rest, and you can make a rest out of a cardboard box. Okay, in a shallow yeah, I've field got a pretty front. good rest. Okay. Okay. Go out to 100 yards. You want your bullet impact to be one and a half inches high at 100 yards. That will zero you at 200 and make you shoot six inches low at 300. Okay. Okay? 
And if you're you're close or can get to town or one thing or another and come and see me, I'll give you some special targets to help you out. Okay, very good. Um, why why would you know the you were saying if you did it this, the, the other way that you would shoot three and a half inches high at 100 yards. Why, yeah. why don't you like but it that The way? issue is that at 200 yards, you're shooting five inches high. Okay. All right? That's why. Uh, it, it's, it's much harder to have the concept of having to hold under a shot than it is to yeah. – or over a shot than it is to, have, to, to do use normal expected bullet drop. On the thing. I so, okay. but these when you get these long range sightings, it throws a trajectory curve out where you can make some very poor shots out of it. Okay. I understand. Okay. Okay. Very good. I I uh, appreciate that, and I really enjoy the show. Uh, I thank you guys a lot. Okay, you, sir. Brian, we appreciate you very much. Let's go to Greg. He's calling from Nelsonville. Yes, Greg, you're up. Hey, Jim. Uh, just got back from a bow hunt this weekend, WMA down in Western Kentucky. We didn't have no luck, but we had a good time. Seen a lot of scrape activity. They respond to grunt calls just a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's about the extent of the deer. We've seen several run over on the WK coming home. Yeah, those those road kills are starting to appear with a lot more frequency yeah. now, and that's going to escalate big time. Yeah, we heard about three big groups of coyotes about every morning in the same spots so howling and uh and the uh, scrape activity just seemed like it scrapes everywhere yeah but uh but uh i had asked gary before a 300 ultra mag and a 700 remington three inches high at 100 with a 180 grain Chiraco should be dead on at 300 right that is correct all right and my buddy's got a uh, 7400 Remington, shoots 165 grain uh, Hornady, super performance. What would you think would be a good idea for that? Uh, 30 out six, I'm assuming, from your information. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, shoot it in two inches high at 100. That, two inches uh, high at 100. Yeah, what do you, uh, you think that'll be at 300? That's going to be about six inches low. Six inches low, all right. Mm-hmm. With the 165 grain bullet. Yeah, we're going back this weekend with the guns, the same spot we hunted, so we're going to uh, try to get them. But uh, right. got home, and there was a box of uh, DP coon traps we'd ordered. That, I think that's going to help the turkeys. That's what we've been trying to do. Yep. Well, those things are deadly. And they, yeah. were, they, they really work. I, I will uh, give you a tip on that, if I may. Two things that I found unbelievably effective in those dog-proof coon traps is peanut butter, which is so easy to put yeah. in there. You just put it on a on a uh, piece of uh, paper towel or something and put it down in the tube and then cock it. Or mackerel. Uh, coon can smell mackerel from 100 yards, mm-hmm. and they, they love yeah, it. Right. Yeah, and all you got to really do is dab I it around. I like a meat syringe, an injector meat syringe. Yeah. Stick it in a little cube and hit it. Put the peanut butter or honey huh. or a mixture of honey and peanut butter right in it. Yep, yep. We just started last year messing with them. We, we used just dry dog food and vanilla extract, and we yep. had a little bit of luck, but we didn't. We got started late, but just try to help out the turkeys any way we can. You better yes, believe it. Yeah. All, right. okay. All right, Jim. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate we appreciate it. it. Let's go to Tim, who's calling out of Louisville. Yes, Tim, you're up. 
Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I love it when Gary's on the show and Jim. I listen every every week and great show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, question: uh, Where we hunt? There's a there's what is the the best bullet for a seven six two by thirty nine? Uh, did they make a ballistic tip for that? Um, uh, I I tracked deer for a friend of mine that hunts just with a SKS and. He hits them, and there's a bit. There's blood everywhere. But we uh, last year we we tracked all day, couldn't find it. Okay, what you have to remember is that the seven six two by thirty nine is basically a semi automatic thirty thirty. It's the same right. same power as a thirty thirty. The difference is most of the bullets are little pointy bullets that don't open up well. On the thing compared with a thirty thirty with the the massive bullet structure that has a lot of open point to it or uh, a big open soft point that right. has a tendency to open much better. Uh, your limitation is basically one hundred twenty five grains, one hundred twenty four, one hundred twenty five grains out of the seven six two by thirty nine. Um, <clears throat> there are lots of good bullets out there. Uh, structure-wise for it. Um, if you can find them, the Federal Fusion, in the okay. it would be an excellent pick. Uh, you're going to get good penetration out of it and good performance uh, on the thing. And because of the nature of the bullet, shoot the deer in the shoulder or the neck. Don't drop right. back and shoot them in the chest. Shoot them in the shoulder or the neck. Uh, I I listened to your show last year, and you you recommended shooting in that little triangle up by the neck. And I'll be honest, I shot two deer last year and shot them in the neck. They actually went backwards, so no tracking or anything. That you know, they dropped right there where you shot them. That's the way it works. Um, yeah, and I've asked. You know, I, I'm just trying to. I was, you know, I, I was hoping that he would get a better gun, or not a better gun, but just a different gun because you know it's years in a row we've tracked deer when he shot them and it's in uh, last year he shot a nice buck and we didn't find it so i was um just wanting your opinion <laughs> time to upgrade <laughs> yes absolutely i appreciate it guys yes, sir. all right sir we appreciate it too all right folks we'll be back right after this short break we've got uh tim and eric on hold fellas we'll get to you as soon as we get through the break here numbers 571-8484 8484. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. He hunts, he fishes, he understands the properties you're looking for, and he's got a lot of really nice deer, turkey, and or uh, vacation cabins type of properties in inventory right now. Check them out, mophartrealty.com. All right, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, and uh, J.W. is up first here. Hey, J.W., how you doing? I'm doing good, Jim. Just just wondering if you could tell me who I can speak to at the Fish and Wildlife at the Salado Center. Uh, they had a big storm come through there about three or four months ago, and uh, they, clo- they closed the uh, hiking trails back. They got like four or five miles of hiking trails. And I can't, they can't tell me when they're going to be open and, or what. And I'm just wondering who I can speak to just to find out when they're going to be open and or if we're even going to open them back up. They said they got a lot of trees down there. They got to cut the trees down. It's been like three or four months. 
know, I just, uh, I don't know, I'm going there once or twice a week to go hiking and I, and it's, and I don't know, you know, it's just not, it's, they're just not open. And I, I see. Well, I, I'd recommend calling the commissioner's office and, okay. and just ask, uh, you know, tell them what you're concerned about and that you know, there's, you're I went sure? there about a, yeah, I've asked them two or three times if it's, when it's going to be open. And one time, about a month or two ago, they said they needed one more bid. And just, uh, I don't know, just I, I'd, I'd stop going over. And if they're not going to open them back up, go get over there and they're not open. And I just, you know, got to change my plans and everything. So I understand. I'll call, I'll, I'll call Commissioner. But thanks for your time. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. One of the things I need to point out on that is the reason those trails are not open is the danger factor from overhanging limbs. Yep. Something we were talking about earlier. And right. Uh, you know they can't turn you loose on something where you probably you know haven't sent a good chance of getting hurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. But I mean, uh, I just expected them to be open. If the storm mm-hmm. came through like late July or early August, that just seemed like a long time to wait for. So I'm saying it's probably the big but storm that came through July 20th. That rim wrecked July. my house and trees and everything else. Yeah. I. I. You know. I, I just, I just wonder if they had a, a specific date, you know, because I go over there and then I say, well, I've got to change my plans, go somewhere else, you know. And I've done that about, about 10 times. So I see. Well, like I say, if I, if, there, if I could just get a time when they're going to have it open, I wouldn't have to, you know, I go over you. there for nothing. Wouldn't have to go over there for nothing. Well, in their but, defense, we've had so much rain uh, in clement weather where it's very difficult to get in and do that kind of work. And obviously they have to do that stuff on bid as well because it's a government contract. But uh, talk to somebody administration. They should be able to get you some kind of answer on that. Okay, Jim. Thank you much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's go to Eric, who's calling from Lawrenceburg. Hey, Eric, how are you tonight? Good. How are you all doing? Real well, sir. Uh, I got a quick question about a raffle. I know it's it's a pretty broad question. Uh but I'm looking to purchase a new deer rifle, and I want to get something. Uh, I'm kind of stuck between a 7 millimeter and a 300 wind mag, and I want to get something that's high, that's good quality, something I'm going to be able to pass down to my kids and something they can pass down. And I just wanted to get Charles' opinion, and I know everybody's opinions are different as far as brands and calibers and whatnot. Uh, I just wanted to kind of see where y'all stood on a good, high-quality rifle and something that's going to hold up throughout the elements and something that's going to last. You know, I want I want it to be able to stay in the family for years and years and years to come. Uh, Eric, let, me, quali- let me qualify this a little bit. What are you going to do with the rifle most of the time? What are you going to hunt with it? Uh, it'll definitely it'll definitely be my everyday deer rifle, but, you know, if I, if, 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 I want it to be something to where if I get drawn for an elk hunt or if I decide mm-hmm. to get wild hair and go uh, – you know, either boar hunting or uh, bear hunting. Some something I can take down just about any game we've got. Uh, okay, you know, well, around here. Well, yeah. you see why I asked that because I wanted to know if you wanted all around or you know and, specific. And do you want wood or synthetic stock? Wood. I, okay. I would love to have a nice wood stock. Okay, my pick on everything that's out currently on the market would be the Browning, uh, the Browning, okay. Browning X Bolt in particular. It's a classy looking rifle. It has a very short bolt lift to it. Um, it has excellent scope mount potential and extreme accuracy. Um, you know, the wind, Remington and Winchesters are, are also good. Uh, 
uh, you know, when you when you denote wood in in this scenario, it, it changes the complexion on a lot of things because you know, yes, just, just like the, there are a lot of the rifles out there aren't even made in wood anymore; they're all synthetics. Yes, so um, yeah, and I would probably recommend going stainless steel. That way, you don't have okay. to worry about rust potential on it. Um, and again, get get your hands on one and feel it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's an excellent gun. Eric, uh, okay. again, what were the two calibers you were considering? Seven millimeter and three hundred Win Mag. And of the two, my preference would be for the three hundred Win Mag. Okay, three hundred Win Mag. Mm-hmm. And because <laughs> and and what what you've got is a thirty out six with an attitude. When you throw elk okay. in there in the equation, uh, it's definitely a little bit better choice than a seven millimeter mag. Okay, awesome. So you said you really like the Browning, correct? Yes, Browning X Bolt. Browning X Bolt. Okay, yeah. I just I just wanted to find a kind of find a a place to start, and I mm-hmm. just want to go and get my hands on a few of them. But I just wanted to make sure it was something that was going to be able to stay in the family for a long time. Yes, sir. So I need to know it, it had some good quality to it. But I appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. You know, All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Eric. Jerry, as you know, I shoot the A Bolt. The mm-hmm. Browning eight bolt, right. which is kind of the predecessor to right. they're nice rifles. Yes, they are. But accurate. Mine is very accurate. unbelievably accurate. Mm-hmm. Of course, Browning is kind of known for that kind of quality, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's sustained that through that series. They, of they've rifles. changed the the magazine system out in the X bolt, made it a lot more convenient, a little more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's basically the same gun. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they they shoot very very well. All right, folks, uh, we got about a minute here, Gary. Any quick thought? Uh, best thought I can give you is we've got muzzleloaders on sale right now. Uh, we overstocked for, for muzzleloader season, and I got some awesome deals going in muzzleloaders. So Do you? Yeah, that, that makes excellent Christmas presents, and you've got the muzzleloader second season coming up. Well, that's true. What's uh, what? Particular brands you got? They're CVAs. CVAs. They're Optimus. I've got three different models in stock. Uh, and that would be my choice uh, on everything that's on the market currently. All right, very good. Folks, enjoyed visiting with you tonight. Don't forget, you can find me on Facebook at Jim Strader Outdoors. If you want to see my or hear my programs in archive, go to Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com. We'll be here next week, same place, same time. God bless, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.